Okay. Really, it's great to see you all here uh, this evening. And uh, just to say that Phil and Sharon are in uh, Grimsby uh, today. They've been there all day at the Willows Church uh, over there. And uh, I'm sure they've been having an absolute great time. But it's good that we're together um, here tonight. And uh, I was just, before I, you know, say what I, what I feel I need to say, um, you know, we must maintain an outward focus on the, the world in which we live. We must maintain a focus on people who are lost and people who are far away from God. It's really important that we, you know, understand that actually this environment here is not just for us. You know that, don't you? It's, it's just our eyes continue on, 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 on people outside and and uh, it will be great, actually, at Paul and Liz's on, on Tuesday if actually, you know, as a result of that, and they see neighbours coming and going, and uh, so see people coming and going, it just really impacts them by, because that's what we're all about, yeah? yeah. That's what we're all about. And uh, it's really, really impor- important that we maintain an outward focus. It really is. Um, uh, just before I, I uh, you know, launch out into the series, I wonder if anybody's got £20 that they could let me use for an illustration, please. Has anybody £20 on them? You've got, Paula, you've got £20 of you. That's great. That's great. Okay, £20. That's fine. Great. Thank you. Okay. Brilliant. Okay. Uh, we'll come back to that in a moment, uh, what's just happened there, but uh, I'll, 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 it'll become clear as we go along. I want to continue to just lay a foundation uh, in the life of the church, because it's important that we understand some things. We mentioned last week about being devoted to, um, you know, four pillars, four principles, and for those who were here... You saw what I was uh, doing, me and Nathan, we were laying bricks the best we could. Everybody was taking the rip out of us, but we didn't really worry too much because we laid the blocks to the best of our ability. But there were four pillars, you know, and Julie's mentioned them tonight about being devoted to to prayer and to fellowship, uh, to breaking of bread and to the apostles' teaching, absolutely vital. But in Acts 2.42, and then going on a few verses, it talks about how when people were in need, people sold their possessions and gave to anyone who had a need. There was a generosity that ran through the course of the early church. What I want to talk about tonight is really generosity is giving. And uh, I really want to lay a foundation in Arena Church. I'm very thankful to God for those here uh, part of the church who are just incredibly generous and just have a heart to tithe and a heart to give. And that is absolutely fantastic. But I am recognize as well there's people who are pretty new to faith or people who aren't just on a journey of understanding. And we just want to continue to just be very clear and lay a foundation with regards to the whole issue of giving. Is that okay? So just for the next few minutes, I'm just going to talk around the whole issue of giving. We're going to look at the Bible together, so we're going to give some Bible examples. It's not going to be me talking, as in me saying what I think. We're going to look at what God thinks about it. But before I do that, I recognized uh, many years ago that actually I developed a symptom, a disease. Um, And it was actually summed up in uh, four initials. It's called I-A-A-M. I-A-A-M. If we all say that together, I-A-A-M. And it was quite interesting because as a child, I most certainly had this, this symptom. I most certainly had 
this, this issue. But it became very pronounced in my teenage years. Very, very pronounced. Uh, everybody around saw it, could see it. I couldn't see it, but they could see it. It's a very common symptom. If I went to the doctors, they wouldn't know what I was talking about. They wouldn't know what to, you know, how to diagnose it, and they certainly wouldn't be able to prescribe anything for it, a doctor. Not at all. But what I also noticed, it wasn't just uh, uh, prevalent in me as a child or me as a teenager, but actually, as I began to open my eyes, and my eyes were open to this symptom that I had, I noticed that actually it wasn't just in children and teenagers, but actually some older people had it. In fact, some, some marrieds had it. And I've begun to see this as a real issue. And it's a very, very serious issue. It's a very serious symptom that developed called IAAM. Now you're all wondering what IAAM is. It's very, very real. Let me tell you. It's all about me. It's I, all, a, about, a, me. I recognized it as a child that it was becoming all about me. It was all about me. And actually as a child, certainly as a baby, it was all about the baby. Because the baby needs feeding, needs changing, needs cleaning, needs looking after. Yes? And as I developed and as I grew, then actually it needed to become less about me. But actually it was interesting that I became more about me. And certainly through teenage years, and there's some teenagers there. And we're all at that happy stage for those who have, some of us who have teenagers, we're now in the slamming door you know, scenario and stamping feet and all kinds of things that happen because actually what they're demonstrating is it's all about me. The unfortunate thing is this isn't just in teenagers, but actually this can be in some older people that actually when you talk to them, what they actually say is when in the language, they don't actually say it, but they mean it. It's all about me. This symptom, this disease that I'm calling it, affects everything. It affects the way you think, it affects the way you speak, it affects your relationships with, with people, and certainly affects church life. It really does. And one thing that it really, really challenges is when the whole issue of money comes in. When the whole issue of money comes in. It's a big challenge because actually many of us can live with that symptom, it's all about me. So when it comes to our money... It's actually all about me. It's, it's my money. Now, I'm coming back to the 20 pounds. And I could see you as a little bit worried about the 20 pounds there. You're, no, you're not worried. That's great. Well, thank you. We'll enjoy that. Won't we? We'll enjoy it tonight. Now, I am, I am joking. Because the reality is, many of us approach... What I, what I did to Paulette was a little bit unfair. Because I just asked if anybody had 20 pounds that they could help me with the illustration... I didn't actually say you would get it back, but I actually asked for £20 for an illustration. And we take the £20, which is absolutely great, but I don't know how you felt with that. Actually, you're looking still smiling, but very often, church context, we're just asked to obey God. And we just say, you've heard us from the front say, come on, generosity is part of what we do and it's part of our life and we want to model that. And so we say, okay, that's great. So... The, the, the offering containers go around and we get £20 out and we put it in. But unfortunately, 
some of us aren't doing it as God asked us to do it. Because the Bible's very clear. God loves. God loves, not likes, God's sort of into. No, God loves a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver. So when people are taking the 20s out, oh, that man's saying about the offering, I wish Julia just give it a rest, please. For the love of God, I wish you'd just be quiet. I'm fed up about hearing about this container. Oh, just put some money in. Are we doing it cheerfully? Or are we doing it begrudgingly? I don't know about you, but there are some people that I come across, when they put the 20 pounds in, as soon as it's, they've released it, they wish they could take it back. They wish they could take it back. Yet I want to be clear. God doesn't want your money. I've said this here before. We don't need your money. I'm quite, I'm quite honest. I'll, I'll clarify that statement in a moment. But we don't actually, we're not, we're not, we haven't got you here under false pretenses. We haven't got you here because we want your money. Because we either believe God's in this or God isn't in it. We either believe God is building this church or isn't. And I actually believe he is. I actually believe that God can um, take care of his, of, of his people. I actually believe God can take care of the bills. I actually believe that God does own the cattle on the thousand hills. And if necessary, he'll sell some of that cattle to make sure that we're sorted. Anybody with me tonight? I really do believe that. So it's not about us trying to get more money out of you. But actually, this is a heart issue. Everybody say heart issue. Just nudge a person next to you and say, are you breathing? If you are, then there's a heart issue. There's a heart issue here. Now, let me give this 20 pounds, but I want it on record that I have handed back the 20 pounds. Thank you very much. Let me just give you another illustration, because very often we can live like that. And the other thing is about the cake. Now, you may all have been looking at this wonderful cake. This, this beautiful cake. And actually, this cake... Tesco tells me, has the capacity to serve 16 people. I'm not sure if I'm honest. I actually think that's a bit small for 16. But it says serves 16. Now, let me use the the comparison of the 20 pounds and the cake here. Because we can very often live with the fact that actually this is my 20 pounds. This is my 20 pounds. I earned this 20 pounds. Why should I release this 20 pounds? This is my 20 pounds. Another way of putting it, this is my cake. This is my house. This is my car. These are my clothes. This is my life. This is my money. I go to work, God. You're not the one having to get out of bed at 5 o'clock in the morning. Hello? And go and work in a job that I hate. Have you ever had those discussions before with God? At the end of the month, it's my name that's on the pay packet, God. And God just sits there, listening. Because actually all God is asking of us is that we would develop and obtain a generous heart that flows out of an obedience to God. And I've maintained that The whole issue of giving, we talk about tithing. Tithing, we get hung up on it. It's basically 10%. I've spoken to some people who say, are you for real? Do you believe in this tithing thing? Well, yeah, I do actually. 
What, do you really think that God can, you know, take care of you? Giving 10% of, it's a lot of money. Yeah, it is a lot of money. But I actually believe that God takes care of our needs. And I'd, ra- I'd rather have 90% blessed than 100% not blessed. Is anybody with me? And I'll open that up in a minute through the scriptures. And so we come back to the cake and we've got this cake. And those people who live like that, well, this is my money, my job, my pay packet, my life. What you're basically saying is, this is my cake. And those who have the cake will eat it. But if I can just remind you of something, once you've eaten this cake, what's left? Nothing. We need to remember that in a moment because I'm going to show you something in the, in the scriptures that doesn't make economic sense. But I'm going to show you something that's very, very powerful. You see, and some of us live like this. We don't want to share the cake. We don't want to give the cake to anybody else. This is my cake. I want to say if you keep eating the cake, you'll ultimately become very, very fat. I don't want anybody making comments about me at that point when I said, why were you all sniggering away? That wasn't very nice. Caroline, that was not nice, was it? I'm trying my best. This actually doesn't appeal to me, but if it was a Domino's pizza. Yeah, baby. Or a steak. Oh, yeah, baby. Anyway, let's get back to the cake, shall we? We're talking about the cake. The reality is, many of us can, at times, let's be honest here, can run around holding the cake so tightly. This is my cake. Even though it has the ability to serve and bless other people, it's my cake. And I'm taking my cake with me. I am really sorry to say this, that I've, I've been around church a long time now, 40 years For probably the first five years, I can't remember a thing. But certainly for the last 35 years, I've seen a lot. And unfortunately, I've seen at times some hugely generous people and some hugely generous church, which I actually believe we're building here. But I've also seen some very stingy people and some very miserly people and some very nasty people, if I can say that, and not some very nice churches. And why am I saying that? Well, those churches and those people I've just said who miserly, they're carrying the cakes around. It's just about their cake and what they've got. Now, you may say, okay, Christian, that's fine. But what about if the cake can't go far enough? It will always go far enough. You may say, well, what about the kids that need feeding? What about the car that the exhaust has dropped off? What about... What about the gas bill that needs paying? What about I'm only living on state pension now and I'm meant to work that through? I understand some of those challenges. I really do. And they're difficult decisions to have. I had a conversation with a gentleman this morning, just wanting to tithe, but just having to work some things through because of things that have happened in his life and some bad decisions that he's made financially. And I understand that. And it's a process of him just working it through. But the reality is, God asks us to be generous with our hearts. I remember a couple of instances when Caroline and I had just been married and 
we didn't really have an awful lot. Well, we, we did. We had a lot of love and a lot of love and a lot of affection and <laughs> still got a lot of love and a lot of affection. <laughs> and four kids later, but at that time we hadn't got the children and we were serving God and anybody who knew us, I was going to say we was passionate then. I, I actually think we're more passionate now than we were then and we were maniacs then. We were just absolutely maniacs for Jesus. And uh, we were, I was on staff at the church. And the pastor there, he's going to be with us actually in September. He had a, he had a, a mindset was, I, he had to struggle in ministry. And it's a good testing ground for the ministers to let them struggle. And um, we struggled. We struggled financially. It was a very, very difficult time. I remember one particular occasion not paying attention to the gas pump, the petrol pump, and um, just fill, putting too much in the car, in the, in, in the car and going to the uh, cashier and giving them my card. And uh, it was declined. And I don't know if you've ever had that done to you. It's just the most embarrassing thing in the whole wide world. It's made even more embarrassing, but you've got no way to pay. So I said to this lady, I can remember it now in my mind. It still fills me with dread sometimes when I go to machines because I think, is it ever going to be declined? Not that it should be now. It was then because we, we just hadn't got the money there. And I remember saying, saying to this person, you know, well, what do I do? She says, well, I can't just let you get away from it. You, you're going to need to leave your name and address. You're going to need to leave me something that I know you're going to. So I basically left my driving license and said, look, I will redeem it. We managed to scratch around and get some the money together and go and go and sort it out. I remember another occasion when we were so really just hammered. We were just working, 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 and um, we 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 had the opportunity to just go on holiday for a, I think it was about seven days. I remember the first time we were there. What we basically did, we had to go and have a look to see uh, where the cheapest place to eat was, and we found a place where we could get two meals for five pounds. This wasn't actually that long ago, really. And uh, we ate there. And the choice was you could either have egg and chips or spaghetti bolognese. So we just took it in turns. We just alternated between the, between the thing. We shared a drink. We were telling the girls over lunch we used to share a drink because that's all we had the money for. We shared one drink while we were there. Why am I saying all this to you? In the midst of all that, we tithed. And it wasn't easy. And it was a challenge. We understand what it means like the Apostle Paul to have much and also to have very little. We really do. But God has been faithful to his word. Now if I was just living on what I thought, I wouldn't have tithed. If I was just living on the I-A-A-M, it's all about me. I'd be carrying my cake around. We would have carried our cake around and said this is our cake. But I quickly realized that if I ate the cake... I would be left with no cake. But if I shared the cake, then God says, I will take care of the cake. Let's turn, shall we, in the Bible to Malachi in chapter 3. We're not going to rest there, but for those who really want an understanding of the Bible, I wonder if you just look at Malachi in chapter 3. If you've not brought your Bibles with you, then we're going to read it through the screen. We're not going to land here for extre- a very long time, because I want to take you to Proverbs in a moment. That's really what, where I want to say. But for those who want an understanding of tithing, 
It runs through the course of the Bible. It says there, ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. This is God speaking to the, to the, to the Jews. This is God speaking to, the, to the, the, the nation of Israel. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? Before we go to the next slide, that's a great statement because God says, you've, you've gone away from me. You've gone away from me. And he says, please return to me. God's saying, return to me. And then the question is, how are we to return? Now you'd think is by them coming back and bowing down in worship and giving praises to God and getting under the priest's teaching. It wasn't any of those things. Quite interesting. God says, this is how you can return to me. Verse 8. Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and in offerings. Verse 9. You're under a curse. Your whole nation. Because you are robbing me. Basically what they were doing, they were not bringing the offering. To be clear, what they were doing was they were not bringing their offering to God. They were living on the whole cake. That's what they were doing. They were living on the whole cake. And they were not Rendering unto God. Remember Jesus' word, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar. Render unto God that which is God's. So God says, this is how you can return to me by giving money. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. I just have to make make mention of this for a moment because bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. I'd really ask us at this point to just... Flag up Eric, who many of you know. Eric's very poorly. We just need to pray for Eric. He really is very, very poorly. But I remember Eric one time when he was teaching about tithing. I think it's the classic quote on tithing. I really do. He says one time, he says, If you was to eat at McDonald's and pay at Burger King, that would make no sense at all. But there are people who eat spiritually here, this was him talking here, and then go and pay somewhere else. It could be the God channel, it could be this ministry, it could be that thing. That's not what it's about. It talks there, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. So we don't pay, we don't eat at Arena Church and then go and pay somewhere else. We bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, God says. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will be not enough room for, it, for you to store it. Verse 11. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops. There's the protection. And the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Verse 12. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. Now, I don't want to rest here, because actually, I guess if you're thinking about giving and tithing, you think, well, he's going to go here. And I've heard a lot of messages, and it's been driven by guilt, condemnation, fear, intimidation from these scriptures. And I don't want to do any of that this evening. I really don't. I want to just show you what the Bible has to say. Now, before you scholars amongst you start saying, ah, Christian, Old Testament... Old Testament, 
Old Testament law. We don't live under the Old Testament. We've got to go through the cross. Okay, let's go through the cross, shall we? Let's go, baby. Come on the ride of your life. I want to take you somewhere. Because it talks about how the early church, I've already mentioned it earlier, they sold their possessions, their houses, and gave it to the apostles for those needs that existed within the church. If we want to talk about tithing and giving, let's go down that route, shall we? The reality is, tithing is still a valid principle in the 21st century. But I don't want to run it from intimidation. I don't want to run it from guilt. I want to actually run it from Proverbs and chapter 11. So if you've got a Bible, just in these last few minutes that we have together... I want to just show you something. And then we're going to bring it to an absolute conclusion. And I want to ask a few questions of you tonight. Proverbs in chapter 11. And verse 24. It says there, One man gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. Another man gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. Let me take you back to the cake. Because what it's effectively saying there is, one person gives freely. If you will give freely from your cake, then you will get more cake. Everybody say more cake. Are you all getting this illustration? I am all making you feel hungry. Poor Morgan, he was looking at this cake all afternoon, weren't you Morgan, wanting some of this cake. But another person gives freely, yet gains even more. But another person withholds their cake... And comes to poverty. This makes no sense. What I'm basically saying is, if you have the cake and you will give your cake away, then God will add to your cake. But if you will keep your cake and eat your cake, that is the end of your cake. Does that make sense? Let's all close our Bibles and say amen and go home then, shall we? We all understood it. No, seriously. It's a very important principle for us to understand. Because many people don't really get this. Because of I-A-A-M. It's all about me. It's all about me. We've got to understand that if we give this cake away, if we serve some off, and we just, we, we've got to take care of the kids, we've got to take care of the mortgage, we've got to take care of the rent, we've got to enjoy, you know, put something aside for savings. But there needs to be, in the place of our resource and substance, we need to give to God, which is God's. We need to give the tithe to God. We need to cut a piece out of our Pay packets and give it to God. We need to cut something out of our pensions and give it to God. Because if we'll do that, one person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds, and they'll come to poverty. Let's go on to verse 25 there, because it says, A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be themselves refreshed. I think it's the contemporary English version that on this verse says, If you need a cup of water, give a cup of water. Because if you give a cup of water, you will ultimately sow a cup of water. I don't know about you, but when in the height of when we have summer here, and when you've been doing some gardening outside, and you have just been really going to dig in, weeding, whatever you're doing, what you want more than anything else is a cup of water, or a cup of tea, or something cold, to quench your thirst. There could be somebody walking down the street and saying, I'll give you a million pounds. He ain't bothered. All you want is the cup 
of water. You see, if we will learn to be generous with what we have been given, if we will learn to refresh others, then we ourselves, at times, will be refreshed. I've had an enormous refreshing, even from this congregation over the last 14 months. There's people who've actually slipped you know, money and I, we went away and I won't bring reference to it, but we weren't looking for it. But there was a lovely couple here who just said, you're going on holiday. We weren't away. You were going on holiday. I just want to bring, bring reference to it. I'm not after your money, please. I'm not after people giving me money. That is not what this is about. But I want to say there are people who have a heart of generosity. They've said, listen here, we want you to just have a great, great time away. Just go and have a few Cokes on us while you're away. And there was just a, you know, some pounds that were that were put in our hand. I was so blessed. That's happened a couple of times here. There's people who've been so generous with us. If I can be as bold as to say, I think there's something about sowing and reaping here because there's been times when we and Caroline and I have tried to be incredibly generous. Very privately, we wouldn't want any fanfare, but very generous in other contexts of just sowing money. And you don't sow it to get it, you just sow it because you want to. Hello? You sow it because you want to do it. And if you sow it, then God says, there'll come a time when you'll need refreshing. I will send refreshment on you because I have seen how you refreshed others. A generous man will prosper. The message says this. I don't know whether we've got it there, Anne. Verse uh, 24. The world of the generous, if you want any, any assurance of this, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. I absolutely love that. I absolutely love that thought. The world of the generous gets larger and larger and larger and larger and larger and larger. It really does. But the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller still. Arena Church, I really believe that God is positioning us to be a a church that's going to get larger and larger, and larger, and larger. I'm not necessarily talking, but just because there's a generous heart here to bless others. Words of encouragement, words of faith, words of comfort, help when people need it, transport to move people around, money when we need it. Because there's a heart of generosity that springs from our lives. The challenge to us in my closing is this. We can see clearly from scripture that God is into tithing and giving. And he wants it to be a foundational principle in our lives. Do you understand that? Foundational principle in our lives. It's so important. It's not about churches after my money. We're not after your money. We're not after your money. But there's a sense in which God says, look, I require require you to honor me and be obedient to my word. That's what it's all about. Do you think God needs your money? God owns it all anyway. Don't be deluded that you think you own it. You don't. You're just being a steward of it. And you'll be brought to account for what you did with what you've been given. That's a scary thought. That's what you'll be brought to account for. What you've done with what you've been given. We need to be people that generously use what we've been given. To bless others. There are some people here. Who get this. And I want to encourage you and applaud you. 
For others, this is the first time you've ever heard it and you think, this scares the life out of me. Christian's very scary tonight. I don't want to be very scary. Really, I don't. We, we heard from a gentleman this morning who I just asked him to just share his story. Sean Cumberland, lovely guy with his wife and two children. He got saved out of the 9-11, um, you know, seeing the towers came down. He thought the world was ending. He went into a massive depression, told his story. Eric was instrumental in leading him to Christ. And for three years, he reckons it was about two or three years, he just heard, tied in taut and just wasn't convinced, just processed it. To the point where he began to trust God and give to God. He says in that time, now he's been made redundant three times. He's known what it's to have a lot and little. At the moment, his finances aren't great, but he says, I'm still trusting God. And it was just wonderful to hear him articulate his message. You might be like that. You may say, well, actually, I just need some time to process this thing through. I need to talk with somebody. I'd encourage you to talk. I'd encourage you to look at the scriptures. There's no sleight of hand here. There's no trying to cajole you. There's no trying to sales tactic here. What I'm trying to do is lay a foundation for your blessing. Because I don't want to be ever brought to account that you never said anything. Because if you are robbing God, I want to make sure that you know you're robbing him. (laughs) If I can be as bold as that. I want to make sure that you all know I've now done what I've needed to do. And I can, in a moment, sit down. But we all know what the Bible teaches. Some people who need to make amends and need to do whatever they need to do with God. That's your business. But I'd encourage you to live generously. To not be putting money in begrudgingly. But to give generously. You know, the blessings of, 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 of giving are in the scriptures. God will rebuke the devourer. He'll look after you. Don't say everything's going to be plain sailing, but he'll look after you. He'll take care of you. He'll make sure you're just you know, enough to get through. Sometimes you'll have much. Sometimes you'll have little. And we understand all that. We, we've, we've test, we can testify to that. We really can. But God will make sure that he looks after you because we're one of his children. There's this huge blessing that comes as we live generously. I will close with this. How do you think we're going to do what we need to do here in Mansfield? If we don't have people who just faithfully give, faithfully come, faithfully serve, faithfully give, consistently. Uh, I mentioned this morning, and some of you have benefited from it, we have a flowers ministry. I'm not talking about people decorating flowers, we leave that to other denominations. But uh, flowers. And uh, I want to say, some of you have, have had flowers sent to you when you've been ill or not been good and... The huge blessing, the cards that I've had back and the calls and the emails of people who have just said, I really thank you so much. I had one this week. How do you think that happens? Well, we put a budget in the, in the arena. It's not a lot. I think it's about 80 quid and say, Sandy, will you just make sure that people get flowers when they need them? I'd like that to be 240 quid, literally, to just bless people, to be a blessing. Now, how do you think that, that's paid for? How do you think that happens? Through people faithfully committing. How do you think we're going to get the homeless accommodation unit that I'm dreaming of in Mansfield, dreaming of in Ilkeston? How do you think we're going to get the building that we need to get that's going to do all the community stuff for children, for babies, for uh, the disadvantaged and the disenfranchised? How's that all going to happen? Through the faithful serving and committing. 
and giving of the faithful people who call this home. That's how it happens. Nothing more, nothing more, nothing less. So I just bring that to you and really encourage us to build that as a foundation in our lives. My wife will tell me off for this now uh, when, when I finish, but I'm still going to say, do you still love me? Do you receive the word of the Lord? You know, I really want you to receive the word of the Lord and lay a foundation in your heart. I only say that because I sometimes can be full of insecurity when it comes to these things. And she says to me, she's going all red now, but she says to me, it's the truth, just say it. If it's the truth, just say it. And it's the truth of God's word, so I've just said it. And I pray that God will use this word as a platform to catapult some of you into some incredible things. I will say this because I feel very inspired. You know, there's some guys here, and we're believing in these coming days as we grow Mansfield, we're going to have people come in, younger guys, some of them here have a real heart to make money. I want to encourage people to do that more and more. They're just going to supply. I I, I had a guy, what will happen with it, but he just said, there's on the line for a a deal, if it comes off, he said it, it could be multiple millions. This was only this morning, he says, I want to be held to this, I want to make sure that I give 10% to the church. If this deal comes off this morning, I want you to keep, to keep me to this. I will give 10% to the church. I said, I'll hold you to it. I ain't stressed by it. I'll hold you to it. I wasn't stressed. I wasn't, I wasn't jumping for joy. You know, these things have the way of moving. Them. My first question to him was, is this going to take you away from Jesus? If this is going to take you away from Jesus, leave it alone. Run, I've been there. Just leave it. Don't, don't go near it. No, it's not going to take me away from Jesus. Then that's fine. You just go and do what you need to do and just run it through and see what God has. But I really believe in these coming days, God is going to raise up people, men and women, who are going to just make money and they're just going to service and burnish God's kingdom. And let's not forget the widow's might as well. The widow's might is powerful. It really is. Father, we thank you. I I, I really thank you for the receptiveness of, of people here tonight. Thank you for your word. It may not be the most powerful dynamic word in that, you know, we're not talking about blind eyes opening and we're not talking about lame walking. We're not talking about the life of of faith necessarily. We're talking about giving and generosity and yet it is so powerful to lay that foundation in our lives. Lord, we don't want to be people. We heard from the book of James. We don't just want to merely listen to the word and so deceive ourselves. We want to do what it says. Help us, Lord, deliver us from just hearing the word and then doing nothing with it. I ask, Lord, that we would hear your word and do something with it. I pray, Lord, that from this congregation would resound a heart of generosity, not just in finance. We'd be generous with encouragement. We'd make sure that we don't allow offense in this church. We won't allow disunity to get in the way of what you are wanting to do amongst us. We will live with a generous heart. I pray, Lord, for those who are needy tonight, that you would meet with them, that you would bless them, that you would encourage them and help them. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's sing that. We're going to give.